be honest. There we go. I'm going to be honest, David, with you. Be honest with the folks there on the live chat. I'm not. I'm, look, usually I meticulously plan these shows. You wouldn't know it from watching us. <laughs> right. But I meticulously plan these shows. This one is not going to be that way. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this. In fact, I need people on the live chat right now, youtube.com forward slash locked on hornets, to drive the conversation. Where do you want this conversation to go? I could talk about this game all all show long. So I wanna know That's, I wanna know where I wanna know where your thoughts are this morning. Cause my look, I, I was at the arena until I'm not. This is not a complaint. I love. This is amazing. What I get to do. But I was at the. I was there till twelve fifteen. If we played eight p.m. games, uh, you know, if we were the Golden State Warriors, if we were the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you had like you know, half your games on ESPN, it might kill me. It'd be so annoying. <laughs> it wouldn't be annoying at all. It'd be amazing. But it would. It, we'd probably be doing this show at ten instead of eight. <laughs> Rich, Rich on the live chat said, nice of you to show up today. Hey, we gave you Del Curry for 20 minutes on Hornets history. How amazing is that? That was the trade-off. We didn't do a live show yesterday, but you got Del Curry for 20 minutes. Doug, were you able to keep up with our, our draft challenge uh, while you were at the game last night? Uh, no. You know what? My draft app, uh, it deleted itself off my phone, uh, mm. so I think that disqualifies me from any... Now David won. David won the I'll draft. I see the screenshot. I David won the draft. I checked it. I, in fact, it was the last thing I did before I before I closed my eyes and <laughs> so it's probably not the best thing to check. So here's the thing though, David. So I looked into this, right? The one chip challenge. The, they sell these one chips. They were selling them online, but they're sold out. So now the only place mm, you can get isn't them that crazy? are Amazon and eBay. I did not no. do enough research before I those those chips are going for sixty dollars a chip right now, so yeah. we gotta talk. We gotta talk about. You gotta. Well, here's I don't know. We'll let the people decide. There was a, a pretty clear agreement. What's well, the? Pe- that's what I'm saying. It's the people's money. So look, if you want, if you want us to spend sixty dollars, we'll, we'll give it to the Buzz Maniacs. If you want us to spend sixty dollars to see myself and Nick Denning, or really hundred and twenty, to see myself and Nick Denning eat a chip, then that's what we'll do. But I, but I, I don't know. I want the people to decide this. I know what the Dougaholics want. They want that sweaty chip in your face. <laughs> All right, let's start the show. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, in a minute, cuz. We live. We live. We live. <laughs> I'm just not sure, David, that that's a great use of funds. That's all I'm saying. I'm fine with eating the chip. I mean, I agree with you, Doug, but unfortunately, a deal's a deal. I don't know what to tell you. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We had a lot of new followers on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. So if you're listening in for the first time, we do this show Monday through Friday. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. And we also do this fancy live show on youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets at 8 o'clock in the morning. And we've got several people in the nest right now. That's what we call our YouTube live chat. We've got quotes saying, what up, nest? 
Uh, Rich is in the house. Sean's in the house. What up? First time YouTuber, everyday pod listener. Welcome in, Sean, to the YouTube show. This is going to be a fun one. Even though uh, we're talking about a Hornets loss, there's a lot to dig into in this game. I'm Doug Branson. I'm joined uh, by my colleague, my friend, my co-host, the winner of the Draft.com Challenge yesterday, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. That's all true, you guys. If you have not played uh, Draft on the Draft app, it is amazing. It's fun. And uh, it's Who- super easy to catch on, obviously. I'm trying. Look, Giannis played well for me. Andre Drummond played well for me. Somebody uh, had 17 points, and now I'm trying to think back on. I'll who. tell you who it was. It was it was the guy you could stop talking oh, about that we didn't that we didn't pick. There's a reason we didn't pick that I that. didn't want to pick. I didn't oh. want to pick. You made me pick him. Guess who my okay. last pick was? It was Joel Embiid. Paul he got George. me a thousand points last night. See, that's that's at least I take solace in that. I knew I could never have played. Anyway, go to draft.com, sign up, use our promo code L O Hornets today, and you'll get a free game on draft.com. Come play with us. We wanna we wanna we wanna uh, do this draft thing with you guys on the live chat. So uh, check us out and follow us L O H Doug uh, for more. Okay. Let's start in Spectrum Center. Cavs in town on Classic Night. The Hornets get down 19-4 early. Looked like they were cruising for a LeBron bruising, but they answer with a 10-0 run of their own. The Hornets' offense got a boost from the return of Nick Batum. 15 points, about 17 slam dunks, I think I counted, from Nick Batum. That elbow looked just fine. I think in that, uh, let's see, Hornets lead 67-61 at the break. The Hornets got down uh, going into the fourth quarter, and a combination of offensive rebounding and LeBron James's greatness was enough to keep the Hornets at bay. Cavs win 115-107. Hornets have now lost five straight to fall to 5-8 and eight on the year. Only their second loss at home this season. Next game will be on Friday in Chicago. David, what were the major differences for you in this game? I mean... LeBron is obviously going to be a difference in any game he plays in. We can get into that a little more. He, he causes so much trouble, obviously, when he drives and you either got to step in and take a charge, which Kimball Walker did on a, on a couple of times. So did MKG. Uh, but then he dishes out to those other guys to hit threes. And last night they were hitting threes. Uh, Channing Fry, Kyle Korver, um, even um, um, uh, uh, Crowder was hitting them, which he hadn't done a ton. And yeah, and the and uh, the uh, first goings of the season here, but you know the Hornets. It was the same old thing uh, that we've seen recently. They they really couldn't get buckets down the stretch, and they needed to. They certainly couldn't get any stops. Again, Doug, what did they score last night? One thirteen. What was the final you said there? One fifteen. One hundred seven for one hundred seven. So I mean, you know, that's one hundred seven. They were points. Go- they were going to have to score a lot to beat Cleveland for sure, right? because Cleveland has an amazing offense, and it starts, of course, with LeBron James. Uh, LeBron. Let me finish with in this one. Uh, finished with, oh, 31 points. But that's pretty standard. I thought, look, 31 <laughs> points from LeBron, 22 points from Kevin Love. To me, that's what I expected going into this game. I don't think they lost this game because of LeBron James. I thought they well, lost this game because of because of Channing Fry, because of Kyle Korver. Jeff Both Green. of those guys stepped up. They, yeah, they stepped up their defense at the end of the third quarter and then the beginning of the fourth quarter. You just mentioned it. Jeff Green, four offensive rebounds, most if not all of those coming when Dwight Howard was not on the floor. Yeah, now, and that's a I problem. Think it's fair, I mean, that's I think an it's issue. Fair for, yeah, it's definitely an issue because, well, for two reasons. Dwight Howard has to stay on the floor. This is He hasn't really found himself in foul trouble too often this season, but you can see... 
the 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 massive effect on their ability to rebound when he is off the floor. So st- step one is he has to stay on the floor. But step two is if you're Frank Kaminsky and if you're Jeremy Lamb, I don't want to put all of this on Frank because I saw Lamb miss one on Channing, miss an offensive rebound, couldn't get position, wasn't watching for the block out on Channing Fry on an important offensive rebound and put back. Like you have, you have to pay attention. You look that second unit. It, it's the same story as the story was for the entire team last season, which was they're not naturally physical, right? They don't have an MKG on that second unit, and they don't really have a lot of physical presence under the rim on that second unit. So they have to be especially careful and especially mindful of the offensive boards and of teams that crash the glass. That was New York. That was Boston. That was Cleveland. These are three teams that love to crash the glass, and the Hornets could do absolutely nothing to stop them. It led to a 7 to nothing run at the end of the third quarter, led to a 7 to nothing run to begin the fourth quarter, and here we are playing. You know, you play well. You're up at half. You're up 4 or 5 in the middle of the fourth quarter against Boston and against the Knicks, they had the double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter. This one, they were down, but they still give up a lead late. This is not a second-half team right now. A lot of a lot of reasons for that, though, David. I think it, it is physicality, but it's also trying to get MKG and Nick Batum reintegrated with this team. Yeah, to your point, though, when LeBron went out, the Hornets were actually ahead by three points with about three minutes to go in the third quarter. And then pretty much got blitzed um, by some of the second unit guys from Cleveland to end that one and went into the fourth quarter down four. So, you know, they didn't make any progress when LeBron was out. And by the time Kemba came back in, LeBron came back in about a minute later. I mean, it wasn't a blowout. They were still within reach. Uh, Like we've seen so many times before the end of this game, they had shots, they had looks and just could not get any to go down and then really couldn't come up with, with any stops on the other end. So, I mean, it's it wasn't a winning uh, prescription for them last night, but Doug, I, I do think it is important to remember the Cavs are still really good. They've had their struggles, they've had their issues, but it's still LeBron. It's still a lot of guys with a lot of experience coming off the bench for that team. That second unit has a lot of NBA players that have played in big time games, mm-hmm. which the Hornets, you know, still really don't. Um, they've got to learn from that. They've got to be able to overcome some of that and just play better. But the Cavs are still pretty good. Walker on the live chat here saying 17 dunks does not equal 15 points, Doug. Excuse me. I'm sorry, I didn't major in math. All right, we're going to get back to the live chat. A lot of great stuff going on in the live chat right now on the Nest. Going to get to that in a second. But first, it was classic. Oh, we've got a wait, we've got a cameo. Who is this, David? We've got young James here. He just decided to pop in here. We've got a doctor's appointment coming up, Doug. That's why he's sitting here. Awesome. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully everything goes all right. Get him back on the floor. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Just real quick, uh, if you love this, so it was classic night last night uh, in Spectrum Center. The the classic jerseys, they looked sharp. They looked great. I want to comment on those in a minute. Uh, but I know there were yeah. a lot of people taking some great pictures last night in Spectrum Center. Hopefully you're tagging our friends at Discovering CLT on Instagram. Because if you love the city of Charlotte, maybe you're away from the city and you're feeling homesick. And I know we got a lot of people listening to this show right now overseas. Maybe you just wish you were in Buzz City. You're just curious about Charlotte, then listen up. 
Discovering CLT is featuring the best images of our Queen City on Instagram. At Discovering CLT, they highlight the Spectrum Center, Queen Park, Social, new restaurant openings like Zeppelin. It's the best way to discover and learn about all things Charlotte. I follow Discovering CLT. David follows Discovering CLT on Instagram, and we share our best photos of Hornets games on there with them. Find out about other local events going on around the city. You can get uh, hip to some new restaurant openings. It's all there to discover at Discovering CLT. Here's what I need everyone to do right now. It doesn't matter if you live in Charlotte or not. Follow at Discovering CLT on Instagram. Tag them at Discovering CLT in your awesome Charlotte Hornets Instagram photos. And throw in the hashtag Buzzamaniacs. Show them what the nest can do. And you can have your photo featured on their Instagram page, especially the overseas folks. Put your put your Hornets jerseys on, put your gear on on game day, tag Discovering CLT on Instagram, and, uh, and, and uh, of course, hashtag Buzzamaniacs as well. All right, let's get back to – David, real quick, yeah. your thoughts on the jerseys. I thought they looked really good. I thought they'd pop a little more, to be honest, but maybe that's because they've worn so much teal lately. Um, I but, but yeah, I know, I know, buddy, I know. He loved the he, look. He loved them too. James was but, a big James was a big but, fan of the. Jersey. But there was there was a big um like blowback that these were not accurate or accurate enough. Man, I thought they were pretty much spot on. For get the, out of here, they're get not. Here. How are they different? Exactly. They're not. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Get out of here with the criticism. <laughs> right. Look, they, they, the, the, the throwbacks are back. I, I will say this. I will say this. That I was sort of anti this whole this whole uh, saying they should bring the jerseys back full time. They should bring the throwback jerseys full time. I was right. anti that. I was like they need to establish their own brand, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, I think that now I'm moving towards that camp because <laughs> <laughs> they look so good. Because the jerseys look so sharp. That that teal color looks so good. Anyway. Uh, that that it was a fun night. It was a fun night in Charlotte as they celebrate all things '90s. But let's get back to this game. I want to get to the live chat because there's a lot of questions on here. First of all, uh, a few of you bringing up MKG's performance. Double M15 saying MKG was balling. Love when he is aggressive. Batum looked really good, but their second unit killed us. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go to MKG in this game. 22 points, 10 of 14 shooting. Played really well. Six total rebounds in this one. Had the mid-range jump shot going in effect, fully in effect, David. Uh, and and that's been something that wasn't just that game. He's been very efficient offensively since return. And, and even before he left for that second absence, he was playing well, uh, was, was 9 of 9 in those first couple of games. MKG offensively, that's going to be an asset for the Hornets if it's sustainable, if that mid-range jump shot continues to go down. That's my question, Doug. Is it going to be... A weapon in, in in that like our guys still aren't really guarding him. You know, I don't know how much that's is taking LeBron, away. That's a, that's a great point. LeBron was like, take that all. Go day ahead. Long. Yeah. So I don't know how long that takes. Like how many nights he's got to show it, but it feels like a lot because those guys are still aren't giving him the respect of somebody that's hitting that many shots, and he's gonna have to do that over and over and over again for it to really change something. I think. I mean, that's that's found money, as they said on the broadcast last night. Um, so it's great. It's it's great for MKG. I just don't know what immediate impact it's going to have, you know, on this team right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and that's a question I think that can go across the Charlotte Hornets offense right now, right, David? Because it's been so heavily dependent 
on the mid-range shot. They've been putting up great numbers offensively. It's been defense. It's been a struggle for them, right? But so much of that offense has come from Jeremy Lamb's mid-range shots, from MKG's mid-range shots, from Kimball Walker getting into the lane and getting fouled, and from uh, Frank Kaminsky getting into the lane and hitting floaters. It hasn't been Frank Kaminsky's outside jump shot that's been fueling his offense this season it's been what he's been able to do inside so how sustainable is that right now the Hornets are 22nd in or excuse me 20th in the league in three-pointers attempted and let me get the final number here I had it written down I know they're 28th in the league in the second half on three-point percentage at 28.8 percent and then in this game 23.1% from beyond the arc. Steve Clifford, after the game, sounded confident that they could rebound in terms of their shooting because it's not only guys like Frank Kaminsky missing outside shots. It's Malik Monk, one of three from the field in this one. It's Kimball Walker, three of nine from the field. And getting open looks. I I think that's key. I mean, they're just not knocking down open shots. And if your second unit defense is going to let you down consistently game after game late in the, you know, late in the third quarter, early in the fourth, then, you know, unfortunately it's, it's on the starters. It's on guys like Malik Monk who only got eight, only got nine minutes in this game. Yeah. He and, he and Bacon both only got about 20 minutes combined. There were a lot of questions coming out of that, but I think when you factor in Batum coming back, you got MKG, you got Lamb. Like, there's only some minutes on that wing to go around, Doug. So I don't know what the solution is to that. We didn't see MCW last night, and you'd think that second unit really needs somebody to just organize it, among other things. Um, so I don't know what kind of effect that's going to have on those two young guys. They've earned some playing time, but look, they're not going to be able to be effective in, in those type of games. It feels like with like eight minutes here and there. But I don't know what else you do because if Batum is healthy and ready to go, you saw the impact he had early on last night. Yeah, and Walker uh, here, Walker and Daniel on the live chat saying Cliff has been going with Frank Kaminsky for too long and stretches and should bring Marvin back in quicker. Actually, they they played Marvin and Frank Kaminsky together in that third quarter, uh, trying to figure out some. Well, that was partly because Dwight Howard was in foul trouble, and they were trying to match up with what Cleveland was doing because they were going small, going five out, which we know they're capable of doing. I mean, they were playing, you know, that Love Crowder, James Shumpert, Smith lineup, and then you know they could they they can sub out. Kyle Korver, Channing Fry, Jeff Green, all of those guys right. have the ability to knock down three-point shots. So this was going to be a, as you said, David, this was going to be a tough matchup regardless. Uh, but Frank Kaminsky, <laughs> he did a good job of hitting three-point shots in, in the previous game in Boston and then comes in this one and only attempts one. You know, his his three-point shot has to be consistent and has to go down to, to again, it's the, same, it's the same story with Malik Monk. I mean, if they're going to have these defensive issues on the second unit, then when they get open shots, they have to knock them down. I will say it was encouraging to see in the first half when they had Batum and Lamb in together with that second unit, it seemed like the offense flowed a lot better. They got better shots. They got better looks. And the offense, that second unit offense, played a lot better than it did in the second half when they could not play Nick Batum as much. And that was another big story. Nick Batum getting 32 minutes in this one, David, only expected to get 20 to 22 minutes and gets 32. What did you think about that? Surprising, I think. But they were going so well, and he felt good. So Cliff's going to listen to him. And Batum really wanted to play. Um, Man, he had those two big turnovers late that did not help matters. 
But he was awesome to start the game. You saw the difference he could make right away. I do think that's something else to keep in mind. They're just getting Batum back in here. This team is at its best, obviously, at full strength, which goes for everyone. But more so for this team, they really need everybody to be back in there. And he creates so much for other guys. Um, and his defense was was pretty locked in to start the game last night, which I wasn't expecting to see right off that. But I do think that's going to help them when they get in a bit more of a groove. Um, it's I, I think it's good. Um, they still want to be mindful of it, but if he's feeling good, looks like Cliff's going to let him go. Well, he was feeling good in the first half when he had 15 points, but then in the second half, and especially in that fourth quarter, when he got those final minutes, he did look uh, fatigued. He did look like, okay, game speed, different from practice speed, uh, was one of six from beyond the arc, uh, definitely did not help the the total three-point percentage for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, But you heard Clifford after the game say essentially – that they're going to play their older guys more minutes. They, you know, Clifford has desperately wanted to get to playing groups, to getting veterans back in this lineup, and I think it will mean less minutes for Bacon, for Monk, who I think, look, I think Monk is going to be, I think he has the potential to be a, a really good player in the league, possibly a future star, okay? But right now, I don't think he's shown enough offensively in terms of consistency with that shot to justify what he does defensively, which is he hurts you, right? Am I am I wrong on that? He's struggling to find his way on the defensive end, I think. And I think it's going to be one of those things where... But, but where have the offensive performances been other than that Milwaukee game when he took over in the fourth quarter... Where have the offensive performances been mm. night in, night out, where you right. go, Well, he got okay. going in the Knicks game in the first half. I mean, he's had stretches, but I think that's what you're going to see. He's able to get hot really fast. So if he hits a couple buckets in a row and he's feeling it, then I think he's going to earn a little more playing time. And that second unit being what it is, which is inconsistent right now, um, I think they're still going to get their looks. It's just going to be in smaller chunks. I mean, that's the only way to, to slice it up when you've got that much depth on the wing right now. It's good that they got some playing time early. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Monk, Monk, you put Monk into that game, and unless he gets on fire right away, they need someone else to try and slow down those guys firing threes away for the Cavs last night. So it's just, uh, it's just a tough situation. It's, I think it's a good problem to have, but they can afford to be a little more patient with them uh, right now. I mean, Doug, the bench last night, you know, if you factor in Lamb, who is a you know de facto starter, I know he didn't play quite the same amount of minutes he did uh, to start the season down around twenty from thirty, but he was the only guy that was really effective uh, scoring the ball for the bench. Uh, you know, I think Frank had seven other guys chipped in here and there, but the defense and the scoring consistency—I'm sorry, the rebounding—are uh, the big big issues sticking out with that second unit right now couple more comments from the live chat. We've got uh, Mark saying, if our new offense is going to be based on constantly feeding the ball inside to Dwight, it's going to be a long season. I haven't seen that. I mean, I haven't seen them constantly feeding the ball inside to Dwight. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, look, you've got to get him some touches, but I haven't seen like – I haven't seen it disrupt what the the starting unit has tried to do offensively. Uh, Again, the offense is not the problem, right? We get back to this last year. Yeah, I haven't seen that much, uh, and and he was three of five, uh, and he he had a few more attempts that got him to the free throw line where where he you know is naturally struggling. 
uh, but I haven't seen that as much. Um, that that's a that's a tough matchup for Dwight. I'm 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 sure you hit on that before the game, Doug. But like you saw the difference, him trying to cover Love, and when when the Cavs go kind of small, which they really do all the time. In reference it's to what, Dwight, it's what helped. Got, yeah, it's what helped get him into foul trouble because he that that fourth foul he missed, uh, he missed the cut by Love on the give and go, and and was way behind the play and had to foul. Otherwise, it was going to be an easy two for Love. So you know, it was plays like that where where it was clear just the quickness of Cleveland uh, was 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 getting him on some of these plays. Though he did do a good job. I will give him this. He did do a good job in the fourth quarter of going one-on-one with LeBron. That was kind of fun to watch. <laughs> he got three or four, and LeBron tried to do that on Cody Zeller, and he does this like LeBron does this thing like one or two times a game where he he gets a switch on a big. He did this against Kristaps uh, in New York and uh, shot it over the top, and he did it to Dirk where he threw down the monster jam uh, getting past Dirk Nowitzki. So he does this like one or two. It's like, I'm going to put on a show. And Zeller did a good job of staying with it. And Dwight did too. I asked Dwight after the game uh, what was, you know, when he got that switch, what was going through his mind when he, when he got those few opportunities to guard LeBron James. And LeBron went 0-3 in those matchups. Here's what he had to say. Locked him up. Well, I have three trophies. I say defensive player of the year. <laughs> so I'm not afraid to guard anybody. Um, no matter if it's the best player in the world or my mom, I'm treating them the same way. <laughs> uh, but no, the only thing going through my head was get this stop. I know that I'm, I'm quick enough to stay in front of them and uh, long enough to contest his shots. Uh, so the main thing with me was just making sure he takes tough shots and not going for any of the shot fakes and stuff like that, staying down, uh, making him shoot over the top of me. I go to the White House. Facts. Uh, if you if you didn't if you didn't hear the beginning of that soundbite because David jumped all over it, <laughs> he said what was going through his mind when he was going up against LeBron James was that he that referring to himself he said I, you know I've got three Defensive Player of the Year trophies. Factual. He's not going to back. He's not backing down. You know what's insane? Confident. It, Dwight Howard, confident. Dwight is the only guy that looks like he physically matches up with LeBron. I mean, that's that's how crazy it is. Those two guys, their shoulders are are are, are massive. Um, but he's going to give everyone problems. Uh, you know, MKG does his best, but like you can see the physicality even between LeBron and MKG. Just how big he is, man. He he can't. He bounces off of them. I mean, it's crazy. And MKG is a solid defender. But, you know, LeBron is just uh, too much when he's getting going towards the basket. Kudos to Kemba, I I think, for standing in there on a couple of those charges, man. He he took uh, one or two attempts with LeBron barreling right down at him. It says a lot, you know, for 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 Kemba being the captain on this team and stuff. So it's dangerous. (laughs) It's terrifying. He, He stepped, I mean, he absolutely stepped in front of a freight train. Yeah. On that LeBron James drive, took it, and and MKG then picking up the crafty uh, uh, LeBron James giving him the old chicken wing, right? And uh, MKG doing a great job selling it, and, and I thought it was an offensive foul, but MKG definitely doing a good job selling it as well. LeBron not happy with that fourth. He like he immediately he, not. he he thought about he thought about it, and he was like, I'm not going to pick up this technical. Immediately ran over and checked out of the game, and didn't come back until well, uh, later on in that. He had a, he had some more things to say once he got to the bench. A couple things over and over and over again about his thoughts on that call. Uh, right. Well, you know, that's uh, that's his, that's, hey. that's kind of his mo, right? I mean, he complains oh, um, about you know, calls. That's just that's how it was. I, I, that's what superstars do. Michael Jordan did that all the time. 
That's what superstars complain about calls. Like I, uh, I, don't, I don't care about him complaining. It was he was just. We're pretending like this upset. is like a new thing with LeBron no. James. Like it's ever going to change. That's what I don't get about people who get upset with LeBron James or uh, you know Tim Duncan did it all the time too. He just did it in a more subtle kind of funny way with those those big eyeballs uh, on on the ref. But you know it's yeah it's like you know this is not a new thing like this is what they do this is what they always do this is what they'll do until if Malik Monk turns into a superstar he'll complain about calls too well i was glad to see Kemba get a little frisky and get towards the basket and get some of those shots to go in that's something that's disappeared over the last few games i feel like from him his shot was still a bit hit or miss i think that's going to come back around but he was getting to the basket more trying to make a few more things happen off the dribble uh, Rich brings up a good point here on the live chat. Could we do with a banger at power forward for the second unit? That's my thing about Malik Monk. Like, could you play Malik Monk more on the second unit in a lineup that had a physical presence underneath, whether that's at the four, the five, or the three? If they had someone that you could put on a primary wing that wasn't Michael Kidd Gilchrist, if they had someone that did have a physical presence underneath the rim, could you play Malik Monk more? I think that's a fair question. But right now, they're struggling enough with defense on the second unit. They're struggling enough with rebounding on the second unit. And Malik Monk, unfortunately, does not offer you either of those things on any given night. And his shot has been inconsistent. And again, I'm just pointing out what the realities are. It's really not an indication of what I think Malik Monk will eventually become. I think it sort of highlights what Steve Clifford has been talking about with you know, Malik Monk needing to to work on his ball handling, to work on his point guard skills because of of his physical profile, it's it's going to be very tough for him to to play at the two position. And I think you're going to see that through through the season. That uh, th- there's going to be a lot of learning for Malik Monk. He did play. You know, Michael Carter Williams got zero minutes in this game. Right. Which is so he's going to play. Yeah, it's going to be situational, right, Doug? I mean, um, I think he's still going to get the minutes. He's still going to get the looks, but it's going to be situational. Look at that second unit for for Cleveland. That's it's a that's a lot of big guys out there. So, and they're already getting killed on the boards, as you mentioned. So it's it's tough. David, you got to go. I know that. Uh, so we're we're going to look on James Friday. James and I do have or, to go. He says bye. Yeah, on fr- <laughs> on Friday we we're going to look ahead, and because the the situation does not get any easier for the Hornets, we'll do that tomorrow. But final thoughts from you on this game against Cleveland? It was Cleveland, guys. Um, I know it's getting old, losing some of these games and having a shot at them. But Cleveland's not exactly the get right team. Um, it, it, Chicago will be a, a a better test of where this team is. Right? That's right, James. There you go. Final thoughts from David and James. And I'll say this. I'm looking at that. If you want to look at optimism, look at that first half. Look at what Batum and Lamb were able to do on the second unit. And if you want to be pessimistic, you can definitely, I think it's fair, honestly, to look at that second half, especially the end of that third quarter, going into the beginning of that fourth quarter. They have, I think the Hornets have systemic problems with their second unit. It's impossible for them yeah. right now to play a full bench unit. And that's that's a problem in November. It will be less of a problem in February, in March. And that's when the schedule gets easier. That's when you'll see the rotation start to trim down to eight, nine players. 
and, and you're going to see big minutes for the starters. If if the starters can stay healthy, they're going to make up some. I think the Hornets will definitely make up some ground at the end of January, going into February, into March. So if you want to be optimistic, I think you can look at that. If you want, there that's what the Hornets are being fair. They're being equitable right now to both the optimist and the pessimist, <laughs> giving them plenty of reasons uh, to embrace them. I will say, love the jerseys, love classic night. Let's see those more often next. I can see why they held off on on showing those, David, because they're they're making me want to see them all the time. They they were good. Yeah, I think Batum's a good point. Remember that too. He was really good to start the game. Uh, I think that's only going to get better. Um, so that's something to to take solace in as well. All right, we'll we'll end here on John. John says we are at our best when we attack the paint and then pass out to open shooters, dump offs to the big men. The bench unit is way too jump shot happy, and that's why they struggle at times. Uh, so there you go. We'll we'll end on that. And uh, real quick, make sure you visited our T Public page, tpublic.com forward slash stores forward slash locked on locked dash on dash hornets, or just go to tpublic.com and search locked on hornets. Or click the link in our description to go get you a T-shirt. And uh, all the proceeds for that uh, go to helping make this show better. Subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash L-O-H. Your support helps make this show happen. Thanks so much for watching and listening to us here on Locked on Hornets. We're back again tomorrow. Fun Friday. We'll preview this game coming up against the Chicago Bulls. That ought to be fun because the Bulls are 2-10. and 10 And they're, they're, they're on a five-game losing streak, too. Oh, so God. it's a... It's on a it's a what's gotta give game there in Chicago, so we'll preview that tomorrow. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, Discovering CLT on Instagram. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm shut. Mm-hmm.